today on CityCast Madison. It's the Friday News Roundup. This week, I'm joined by CityCast Madison's Molly Stentz. Wisconsin is central to new felony charges against former President Donald Trump. Neo-Nazis crash a pride event in Watertown. And what's in a name? For some reason, all new buildings in Madison have one. It's Friday, August 4th. I'm Dylan Brogan, and here's what Madison's talking about. News. A weekly review. These are the stories of the Great Friday Roundup. Our mission? To explore significant headlines, to seek out facts, context, and nuance, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And with us today, it's the sheriff of this here podcast. It's Molly Stentz. Hello, Molly. Did they have a sheriff on that ship? I, I don't remember that. Yeah, sure they did. All right. Bianca has the week off, just so nobody thinks she disappeared. She's on assignment. Whatever that means. Well, let's get into it. Uh, Hey, some huge national news happened this week. And Wisconsin, just, of course, our battleground status is forever cemented. We're at the center of it. I'm talking about former President Trump being indicted for the third time, this time for his role in trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. So you were around when this was all happening, Molly. Re- remember all the all the stuff happening after the 2020 election in Wisconsin? It got pretty crazy here for half a minute. Man, when anyone says, remember when, I just start to feel old. But that wasn't that long ago. 2020, get out of here. <laughs> Even though we're in the next cycle already. We still can't get over this last presidential cycle. A lot of people uh, couldn't get over it. And I did a lot of reporting this in the time. And, you know, a lot of what happened is what fueled the conspiracies that Joe Biden did not win Wisconsin. Well, he did. He won by 21,000 votes. But here's how Wisconsin played in this latest indictment having to do with President Trump. OK, so remember, it was uh, it was very close in 2020 after uh, things shook out. Joe Biden came out victorious, about 21,000 votes ahead of Donald Trump in Wisconsin. Trump really needed this state in order to win. Sorry to interrupt, but that is how we roll here in Wisconsin. I mean, we should just say. Yeah, 21,000 is quite a bit for us. Statewide races have been close lately, but we don't always see challenges to the election results just because somebody came up short. Sure. And... Just so we're we're clear here, you know, Donald Trump had every right to it was in his rights to challenge the results. And and there's a due process, of course. So he called for a recount in Dane and Milwaukee counties, just those two counties. We do like recounts in our state. Yes, we do. So Donald Donald Trump called for a recount in Dane and Milwaukee counties. Those obviously a lot of Democratic votes came out of those two counties, the the two most populous in the state. Uh, What happened? Well, they recounted it in late November. We found out Joe Biden's margin increased by a couple dozen votes or so. So Trump, he's trying to stop Wisconsin from certifying its electors to the Electoral College because It was not looking good for him at the time and pulling off this victory. So he filed lawsuits, one of which made it to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And on December 14th, the court dismissed claims by Trump lawyers that 
were trying to do something pretty unprecedented, and that was toss over 200,000 votes from Milwaukee and Dane County uh, for rules that applied to the whole state. So right there, it seemed pretty unfair because he was saying, hey, these rules were illegal and these votes shouldn't count. But, the you know, all the counties that voted for him, he was fine with the rules. But the Supreme Court, by one vote, we should add, they basically said Joe Biden won. We're upholding the election. If you wanted to make claims that the election rules weren't fair, you had plenty of time to do it before. You can't just lose and then uh, say the rules were unfair. All right. So that brings us to what happened with the fake electors, Molly. So after that, Democrats uh, are in the Capitol. So are Republicans. Democrats, they do whatever they do to get their electors to the Electoral College ready to send them to Washington. Well, Republicans met at the same time and they filled out paperwork claiming Trump won. Even though all these legal challenges had made their way through the courts, we'd done two recounts. The 10 Republicans in Wisconsin decided, you know what, just in case, we're going to submit our own slate of electors, Electoral College. And it was part of a broader scheme that happened in several states to really sow chaos, because that that was really the only way that Trump was going to win, was just by creating a lot of uncertainty. So am I, are you staying with me here, Molly? Is that the shadow government we keep talking about, we keep hearing about? No, that's the, that's the CIA and the vast bureaucracy called the deep state. Okay, so not people literally coming up with a parallel system to the government with the idea of trying to change the outcome of a democratic election. No, those are called cheaters. Big electors. Okay, got it. You know, there was a whole thing involving U.S. Senator Ron Johnson getting texts and trying to deliver this paperwork saying that, hey, Joe Biden didn't win Wisconsin. Look, we have 10 Republicans saying that. They tried to give it to to Mike Pence when they were, you know, on January 6th, when they were officially declaring Biden the winner. And of course, we all know what happened January 6th. It's a little disturbing how far people in Wisconsin uh, went to really back up these completely false claims that Donald Trump won Wisconsin. The legal theory they use, Molly, is pretty interesting. Do you, do you want to hear about it? I was just thinking the lengths we go to to stay in the national news. Yes. All right. So in Hawaii in 1960, they had an extremely close election between Kennedy and Nixon. The stakes were way different, though, because Kennedy had already won. It didn't really matter. But Hawaii, they were super late. They, uh, you know, it was very close. And by the time the Electoral College was, they're supposed to submit their votes, they weren't done yet. So what happened was Democrats did something very similar to what uh, Republicans in Wisconsin did. They came up with their own slate of electors and filled out paperwork and used some of the same language that these fake Trump electors used in five states in 2020. So there was some perhaps illegal precedent here. So this is a thing? Democrats were the first to do this. Circumstances were slightly different, though, because it was 1960. Presumably, it took a little bit longer to count things. But by the time they actually (laughs) did a recount in Hawaii, Kennedy had, in fact, just barely won. And Nixon himself was like, you know what? Those Democrats, their slate of electors is a legitimate one. Um, I think what is different from 1960 is that There was lots of challenges here in Wisconsin. There was two recounts. And you know what? Trump didn't win. But that doesn't seem to quell the conspiracy theories, does it? No. Wow. That just that you went deep. You went deep down this rabbit hole. I did. Didn't the elections commission have to go? uh, Megan Wolf have to go actually give testimony as to what happened here in Wisconsin. That's part of this whole thing. 
They sure did. So Wisconsin is one of five states where this kind of scheme was happening. It was Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia. In Michigan, they're actually charging those fake electors with crimes. So that hasn't happened in Wisconsin. Attorney General Josh Call is staying tight-lipped about it. I'm not sure they'll face any charges, but uh, yeah, good to know. Don't uh, send fake electors. You might be committing a crime. Good to know. I'm going to write that down so I remember that next time it comes up. And these are high-ranking officials of the Republican Party who were these fake electors, uh, one of which is the, you know, was the former head of the Dane County Republicans. He might still be the head. So they got a little bit of egg on their face, I'd say. So now what? We're going to have a crazy 2024 election, and basically the only thing Donald Trump's going to do to avoid jail is win. And then we got a Julius Caesar situation, and it's a mess, Molly. I... Can we just fast forward to 2025? Can we just, like, skip through this presidential? Can we? It's already starting, right? We had the Veep. Vice President Kamala Harris in Wisconsin this week. Yep, raising money. Ads are running. It's like we don't get a break from elections. It's just constant election. Like we couldn't even stop talking about the last one, and now we're already talking about the next one. It's just all election all the time. That's someone in some prairie who was really big uh, in saying he had all this proof that Joe Biden in fact, uh, did not win Wisconsin. Was it at a bar? No, it was uh, outside of a park. And he had all these, he literally just reams of paper. I spent about 45 minutes just genuinely trying to understand somebody who, who believed that Donald Trump won Wisconsin and he had the evidence. I spent 45 minutes by his car trying to hear about it. And the long story short is it didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> And sometimes it's just hard to give up. Yeah. All right. Before we get to uh, an equally depressing topic, we're going to take a quick break and hear what Bianca has planned for the weekend. (laughs) Well, in other news here in Wisconsin, there was a pride event in Watertown. You know Watertown, right? It's like less than... An hour east of here, east of Madison, place that gave us the first kindergarten in the U.S. But what have they done for me lately? They have a nice little farmer's market. They're right on the Rock River. It's kind of pretty. All right. Watertown Pride Event. Watertown. So what's the big deal? Okay, they had a Pride Event. Yep. A lot of places do. Well, in Watertown last weekend at the Pride Event, Nazis showed up, apparently. Like actual Nazis. Dudes in black with flags with swastikas on them. Face covered. About 10 or so. They were concealing their identity. Yeah. Yeah, right. So wearing masks. I guess we're into masks again now. So masks, sunglasses, and bringing swastika flags to a park where people are just trying to celebrate love and families. What was the name of the event? It was organized by the Unity Project, right? Yeah. So the Unity Project of Watertown is called Pride in the Park. It was an LGBT pride celebration, like many communities have. Not a new thing. So according to eyewitnesses, the Nazis, these dudes that showed up with these swastika flags, were chanting, there will be bloodshed, they need to hang, and it's us or the pedophiles. This was a thing that happened. It was all over TV, made the national news. People 
are divided as to who these people are. You know, of course, a lot of residents are saying they're from out of state. Who knows? We don't know who they are. We don't know what prompted this. Uh, I talked to a friend of mine in Watertown, and she's lived there for years and years, and she said this is the first time she can ever recall anything like this happening. She's seen protests, but never actual Nazis. Nazi flags in a park in Watertown. And these people were armed. They were armed. And lest we forget, gay people were rounded up in the concentration camps. That was a very real threat. So that was a thing that happened in Watertown over the weekend and freaked a lot of people out. And people have not stopped talking about it. Um, So I watched the city council meeting in Watertown last week where people still wanted to talk about it. There was a lot going on at that council meeting. What do you mean? So there, you know, sometimes I feel like what happens is when a group is attacked, people realize like, oh, man, this group needs support. You get this swell of support and and people rush to their aid and rush. I mean, this, you know, a lot of people from Watertown commute to Madison. Like, it's not that far away from Madison here. Right. But it was mixed. The, The people that spoke at the, you know, all of whom identified as Watertown residents, some of them were essentially blaming the Unity Project of Watertown, saying, you know, well, this group is radical, and that's what happens when you're a radical group. You draw other radical groups. So they were equating a group whose mission is to support LGBT families with Nazis, which that just kind of blew my mind a little bit, like to see those as somehow equivalent. That just, yeah, (laughs) that was something. Um, Then apparently there was another group. So there was this subgroup, like an additional protest group called Gays Against Groomers. Oh, they've testified at Madison City Council meetings. Yeah. They're saying like, we don't support Nazis and we support gay people, but also we don't support gay people who are grooming children and that are pedophiles, which is like just kind of a... My brain hurt after hearing all of these things at once. Trouble in Watertown. So that was the news. That was the news in Watertown. <laughs> you ever heard of this happening? You don't typically see Nazis show up very often, and but I think there's definitely a, a lot of division in this country and people have been radicalized or people feel emboldened. It's certainly playing out, and I'm not sure we should feel surprised in some ways. It feels like a new low. It feels like a new low. I feel like it was years ago, I, you know, when Nazis marched on Madison, and there was a whole debate at WRT radio and a whole kerfuffle, but I mean, that was a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, it's worrisome. Yeah, the, yeah, the anti-Nazis trashed the studio. Yeah, yeah. We should say, you know, from the videos and the pictures and the news reports that I read, you know, everyone was okay. There was a line of cops standing between the Nazi protesters and the folks that were celebrating at the Pride event. Armed Nazis. This is a new one for me. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but apparently that is a thing we are dealing with here in 2023, here in our own backyard. Molly, before we wrap this up. Let's uh, end on a fun piece that Tone Madison had that everyone should check out. And it's something that I like when journalism has a little bit of fun. So speaking of fun, something we are not having on this news roundup. Hey, I had fun learning about the history of Trump's scheme that didn't work. This isn't Tone Madison. 
The piece is called A Definitive Grading of Mass and Apartment Building Names. It's by Jesse Robb. I hope I pronounced your last name right, but I really liked it. And it basically, it's uh, kind of a fun take on all these buildings that are popping up. You know, it, it does seem like kind of a new phenomenon. They all have names. For example, The Hub is a huge building downtown, primarily directed at students, but it's called The Hub. Uh, another new one is called The James Right. So Tone Madison went through and came up with ones that I, some of these I hadn't even heard of. And, and, and they gave them a definitive rating. So we'll put a link in the show notes so you can weigh in, too. How on Drake Street, there's something called the Dude Abodes. No. Yes. They're just doing Big Lebowski references in these <laughs> new housing developments. Like, OK, that's funny. They gave it a D minus. Oh, OK. All right. I mean, the I, I kind of like that movie, but it doesn't seem like it should be naming a building after it. <laughs> they might regret it. I mean, where's the carpet? Where's the carpet, man? <laughs> There's one called the Humbucker, which apparently has something to do with a Fender guitar. So that one got an F. Yeah, this ranking, I mean, I love it. I got, I got some beef. I'm like, they liked Nexus. Every time I look at that thing, I'm just like... Did they were they trying to build a car dealership? But they were like, we'll just do you one better. Oh, I keep thinking it's like a data hub, like a the store, like one of those things that just has servers in it. That's what it. The Nexus. But they gave high praise. Um, Tone Mason did to Ella, which is where Ella's Deli was on East Washington. And the Marlin, they, I actually kind of like that one. It got a bad rating. But the Marlin was called that because it used to be, this is also on East Wash, it used to be Marlin Lumber. So I thought, actually, that's a nice little tribute. It makes sense. Yeah, I like that one, too. Um, but I came up with a couple. Ooh, okay. So you, I want uh, an A through F rating while we go through these, Molly, okay? Okay, the Balcony. Because all these apartment buildings and condos, they have those little balconies. So the Balcony. D. D? No. Okay. Not my uh, not my best. Okay. The fill-up, and it's spelled F-I-L-L-U-P, because a lot of these, uh, especially in East Wash, a lot of these buildings were the former sites of gas stations. The fill-up. That just confused me. I just got lost. F. Oh, God. All right. I got an <laughs> F on that one. D and an F. I'm doing tor- terrible. I'm a tough grader. The four score. That's how long the buildings will take to become affordable. Ooh, I like that one. My last one is the swamp, because we're just living in a swamp, folks. A. A for accuracy. <laughs> well, let's let's wrap it up with Molly giving me an A. Molly Stents, thank you for joining me on this roundup. It's been a wild one, Dylan Brogan. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. Bianca Martin is your host. We're produced by AKL Moman, Molly Stentz, and me, Dylan Brogan. Our theme music is by Carl Christensen. You can also get more news delivered right to your inbox by subscribing to Madison Minutes. And if you enjoyed today's show, why not share this podcast with someone who lives in Tiberius Terrace? That's Captain Kirk's middle name, by the way. Full circle. See you back here Monday morning with more news from around the city. Live long and prosper.